Hi, and welcome to the Productize Podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, you can find the Productize Podcast from your favorite podcast player app, and you can subscribe from there. This is our show where we talk with productizers and innovators and cover the stories behind great product experiences and why it matters to innovators and makers like you. Hey guys, welcome. And this is the, the Productized Podcast. And um, as you know, this is a series of interviews with product innovators, successful makers and entrepreneurs. So we hope those who listen to the ideas on this show are inspired to action. For show notes and additional resources related to today's podcast, you can always visit our medium at productized.medium.com. So today, this is actually the fifth episode of the season eight of the Productized podcast. And this, this podcast, of course, is a very special one, very special guests. And my name today, um, it's me that is going to be your host. I'm André Marquet. And today I'm, I'm talking with a super inspiring person, Barbara Arenda da Silva. Hi, Barbara. How are Hi. you? Nice so to be let here. me just give a, a, a quick intro to Barbara uh, for those that um, don't know Barbara so well. So Barbara works on herself to be her best version while being a mother president of the Portuguese Association of Girl Guides, a director of the South Branch of the Portuguese Pharmaceutical Society, and a head of market access oncology in a pharma company. This is how she contributes to a better world. She is also fortunate to have traveled around the world and met different people and cultures that help her within her horizons and a knowledge that we are all connected and we are all citizens of this world that we live in. She's deeply passionate about people empowerment, non-formal education, and leadership. And her experience is mainly with the pharmaceutical industry, with a deep knowledge of uh, market access issues and trends. The engagement with several stakeholders in different environments, societies, promotes a big picture approach and an insightful understanding of the Portuguese health system. She's also very active on social and uh, organizations. And that's why she has developed organizational skills such as communication, leadership skills, strategic and problem solving thinking, strong team focus and excellent time management and planning skills as you would expect from the president of the Girl Guide Association in Portugal. So welcome, Barbara. Um, where are you joining us from today? Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to be here today. Um, so I'm joining from Portugal, uh, period, so near Lisbon, <laughs> and, and from my home. I'm, I'm in home, home office today, so, so I, I'm joining from my home in period where I live since I, I'm, I know myself. <laughs> very well, very well. Um, so um, can you see the beach from your house? <laughs> <laughs> Not, but it's like five minutes walk. So I don't right. see it, but I can walk but to close. it. You can, I, I'm <laughs> so happy because minutes. we are recording from a, a bunker, Lisbon studio, which is underground, um, protected against the end of the world, I guess. So no beach for us, no, no sea for us. So um, yeah, you said something quite interesting, which is be the change you want to see in the world. I guess, you know, it's, it's not your sentence, right? But what do you mean with this, this words? What, what is the meaning that these words have on you? It's not my sentence. It's true. It's something that I, I read and it's very known, this sentence. But for me, it's very strong and powerful because it's quite simple. Like if you want to change, it has to start, it has to start on you. So, um, and I, I, I experienced that during my, my life in my different roles and in, in, the, in the girl guiding that um, you need to be the change you want to see. So the meaning is like, it has to start on you. And, and it, it, it can start in one individual and then you spread to others and you make a huge impact and change. So that's the meaning I have to this, this quote, I can say. Mm -hmm. And you, you are a mother of almost three, 
<laughs> can you explain almost three? Yes, I can explain. I was, I was, yeah. So almost three because I'm nine months pregnant. <laughs> so I'm grateful that he was not born before we have this conversation. <laughs> because if he would, he probably he's I would not be here. He's listening. Yes, he is listening. Alphonse is listening. I have a huge belly. You don't see because I'm like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I have two two small kids. Uh, one with five, another with three. And now Afonso will be born in, in one or two weeks, whenever he. All right, is we're prepared. waiting for so, you, Afonso. <laughs> yes. So, you are also president of the Portuguese Association of Girl Guides. You are a director of the branch of the Portuguese Pharmaceutical Society, and also the head of a, of a market of, of the market access oncology in a pharma company. Um, can you tell for for lots of people? I guess mo everyone is virtually familiar with uh, the Portuguese Association of of Girl Guides, right? Very very uh, powerful, impactful organization here in Portugal. But can you tell us a little bit uh, about the Portuguese uh, Association of uh, Girl Guides? How in how many guides are you guys, and the nature of the, the the organization for for people that don't know so well about it? Yeah. So we are um, a national organization. The the I think we have the, the major organization for, for girls and, and young women. Um, we have uh, 19 years old, celebrated in 2021. So almost 100 years of history. Um, wow, and we 100 have, yes, years. Not almost. 100, so 90, but we are going to the 100 in 10 years. So right. yeah, 90 years. Um, and we are spread all over the country and even islands. Mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah we empower girls uh, and, and you to... you are hasn't like a non-for-profit in portugal it's an it's association exactly. right non we are all many, volunteers how many guides we are four four thousand spread all over four thousand mm -hmm. all right and ages going from from six to so i'm i'm an old girl guide i'm i'm 35 but normally it's until 40 you can say because we are a youth movement so it's from six and and the girl guides are in their local units until they are 23 24 um, and then they can we have like different um, like it's unit local then it's regional then it's national i'm at national level now very well so started local when i was nine years old where did you start just as curiosity where yeah the in Paris, in a unit near my home. <laughs> okay, so you you were lucky to have like a unit close yes. to home, and 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 who who started you? Is like like you, your parents, um, you know, kind of told you to go to or friends. So I was in in the school, uh, primary school, uh, mm -hmm. um, and someone, some leaders, like adult volunteers, mm -hmm. went to the school to speak about girl guiding. And mm -hmm. they did some games and they, they showcased what was girl guiding. And I remember I had a leaflet and I went home and say, I want to be here <laughs> next, um, I don't know, on Sunday or Saturday. I, I don't right. remember. I think it was on Sunday next week. And so my parents say, yes, okay, you can go. And that's what, that was how I, I joined girl guiding. Nice. So your parents were part of, you know, they, they, they were onboarding. The movement as well they they accepted and yeah and, and that's and that's a, a good thing to to think about is that mm -hmm. we girl guides uh, help families to educate their children mm. so education comes from school from parents and also non-formal from girl guiding so yes family is a, a part a very important part on the development and on the on the onboarding of girl guiding I would say yes. So you're also the head of uh, market access oncology in a pharma company. Um, I guess the question is, how do you manage all these responsibilities? <laughs> That's a good question. So once, yes, I, I'm, I am the, the head of market access in a, in a company and I was promoted while I was pregnant. So I'm really grateful uh, about being promoted while, while I was pregnant. Um, so once something someone said to me that you don't manage your time, you manage your energy, hmm. and that resonates me a lot. And I, I I think about it a lot. And when someone asks me how how can you deal with so many responsibilities, what I normally think is for me these are things that I like to do, and I manage like 
when I'm I'm on girl guiding and I I have you can I can say that I have I spent a lot of time uh, on girl guiding as you can imagine. How but much I also how, how much time do you spend per week? Per week, on average, yeah. Uh, for instance, yesterday evening I had a meeting. It's mm -hmm. normally out, outside of my working hours mm -hmm. and my family hours. No, normally I have to 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 negotiate with my husband <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's outside working hours, but it's inside family hours, you know. Uh, but again, I know. Uh, it's where I know it's, my credit know. cards is on the red <laughs> <laughs> right now to do this podcast. That's actually <laughs> so. Yeah. No, but but yes. Yeah, so so what I what I what I feel is like having different things to to do help me to uh, elevate my energy. You know, it's not just work. I go to girl guiding to get some creativity that I then use at work, mm -hmm. or I feel inspired while I'm representing the pharmacists mm -hmm. because I have a story a story of pharmacists in my in my family, and so yeah. I manage, I think, because I like very much everything that I do. And I also know my boundaries. Sometimes I have to say no to things. I cannot do anything, everything. And, uh, and another, another aspect, I think, is prioritization. Mm -hmm. uh, on this, everything I do, I have priorities. And my priority is my family. If my kids are sick, the rest stops. And I have to support them, you know? So, and, and for me, that's okay. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And, uh, and I don't think I had a lot. It's day by day, <laughs> doing my best. Absolutely. And, but, but I, I guess that sometimes you, you feel you carry too much on your shoulders? Yes, sometimes. But fortunately, um, and this is something I, 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 I learn and I experience in girl guiding, is that we are never alone. We have our group of friends. In girl guiding, we call it patrol. That's a group of girls. That uh, it's our patrol. Um, and in my in my work, my as head of market access, I have my team. Um, in in um, in the in the pharmaceutical society, I also have a team. So it's like um, we share responsibilities. So I don't feel that we have too much in my shoulders because. Everyone has her role. Everyone has her responsibilities, and what I what I think is very important. And again, I think I heard earned that in girl guiding is that we need to be open to say if okay, it's too much, or mm -hmm. or it's or to ask, say ask for help. Yeah, ask for help, or to say right. today I'm not okay. So yeah, please excuse me if I'm I'm saying something that's not so good. You know, mm -hmm. so create a safe environment. I believe. Yeah, and you know, I think you, your friends. That's actually some. Your friends told us that you you are always positive and in a keep it simple mood. So, what is the recipe for that? The recipe. Okay, I don't have recipe. Pill, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Pill>, um, maybe. <laughs> no, no. I no think, pills. No recipe. No pills. No yeah, drugs. no pills for that. I don't take pills for that. Um. So. What what something what some moment in my life I, I was struggling with some like control thing perfection and so on, and so I had to 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 go deep on uh, knowing myself better, and in that uh, process I discovered that um, we have we have few things that we can control in life. That's what I discovered. And I discovered most when I had my kids. Like, if you have kids, you you will notice that there are less things you can control. But then, yeah. what I can, what I can, what, what I can control is the way I deal with things. And then discover that being positive, it's much easier. And trying to keep it simple, it's much easier. So when I discovered it was easier. Um, I try to to be like this and I discovered that's the way I am. So and I accept it, you know. So it's not a recipe. I think it's the way I am. <laughs> yeah, you know, as a father of three boys myself, sometimes I I I feel super exhausted at the end of the day. So you get home and and it's just not there, right? You just want to eat something, go to sleep. So where do you get this extra? 
you know, the strengths, I guess you talk about time and how it's not about time. It's more about energy management, but how, how do you organize your day? Just give me the playbook, right? You wake up, what time and what do you do next? And how did, does it play from there? You take kids to the school and, you know, just, just give me a, a glimpse of your, of your day. So every you day is different. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the average day, maybe. Yes, the average day. So I wake up early because I have a, a three years old that lo loves to wake up at six thirty. So I wake up with her <laughs> normally, and 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 I can for, I can relate to that. <laughs> yes, and I accept it because um, I I and I found out that waking up early it's a good thing to do. So now my body is used to it. I wake up, I'm with her a little bit, I play a little bit, I have a breakfast, like seated breakfast, and I plan the day. That's what I do in the morning. You I plan like... the day? Yes, I, I do. <laughs> okay, what is planning the day? <laughs> so okay. you actually go through the agenda? What, what, do you, what do you do? You plan the day with your husband? How, how no, does with that... me. My, with, uh, yourself? Your, yeah, normally my husband is on Sunday. <laughs> mm. okay. Like we plan the week on Sunday. To know who is going to pick them at school, who, how, when do I have like an evening meeting, or yeah. if we need some support from grandparents because we we need to ask for some help sometimes, like today. So you and have your weekly on Sundays, and you have your yes. daily with yourself every yes. single day after yeah. breakfast. Yes, because for me it's important to have a realistic plan, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and sometimes I have to make like in the plan I put some improv uh, to improvise because something right. something's some happened that it's not stuff. planned you know. Uh, yeah, so, so when I, you say I, plan your day, you go through your agenda and you kind of scribble through the agenda stuff. Yeah, or, or... sometimes it's in my mind. I mm -hmm. like I go to through the day and say, okay, today I have to do this, this, and I prioritize. I don't put much thing in each day. Um, uh, then normally in the morning, fortunately, my husband goes and, and put my kids at school. Mm -hmm. And so I start early, uh, like at nine working. I'm home office now. Sometimes right. I go to the office, but uh, but normal now the fortunate. Like, is your, sorry, is to ask, is your husband home office as well? No, no. Oh, he, he, he was. Very good. Very good. <laughs> you know, he was. Internet sharing sometimes is difficult. Yes, it's true. He is like one. I'm on a goal. Turn off. Turn <laughs> yes. off. Right. It's true. And normally my colleagues not, not always know when he's at home because I lose connection a lot of times during my yeah, hour exactly. meetings. Yeah. But no, but normally he goes to the office. Um, but he stays at home once so per week. So you stay home and, and then um and then you have meetings with the girl guides or whatever it is. You during the day normally is mm -hmm. my work, it's work related. Right. Um it's not only with but my colleagues, but work, I also work with hospitals. It's not just working for a pharma company. You are also the representative, if I understand right, the, the South branch of the, the Portuguese uh, pharma, um, pharma society, society pharmaceutical yes. society. So I guess that also takes a little bit of, of your time, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit. It's not. It, it's an investment. So this mm -hmm. is a completely, completely different thing I do. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's for me. It's, it's like about being the head of the association and being the head of markets. Not enough. Let me go jump <laughs> into something else. Or what? 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 What is you know the tactical approach to accepting stuff, right? That you see yeah. in your life. Uh, is it about? investing in your future self what's the, the the strategy you have behind that's that's a good good question girl guiding for me first it was investing on myself and now it's like the return of on the return to others right payback time that's yeah the payback that's what i feel now now i the mission is to pay back and to give the opportunity of other girl guides to feel and to to grow as i did in girl guiding mm -hmm. so that's it for the society of pharmaceutical society, I feel it more like I'm the fourth generation of pharmacists in my family. Mm, okay. So it, yeah, it, 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 it goes in my veins, as you know what you say. Um, and being there, it's, not, it's more about how can I contribute for the, pharmac for the pharmacists? So I think 
the girl guiding spirit about volunteering, about being the change. I'm using it in the pharmaceutical society in a different way, more professional way. So yeah, we are a team of pharmacists. Uh, I'm also a volunteer, but the, the workload is not so high as in the, the girl guiding and as in my work. Right. So, and you are the head of market uh, access oncology at this uh, pharma company. So I'm curious at what age did you become interested in the pharma and the pharma world? Because if it brings, in, if it runs in the family, was it something that, you know, your parents were talking about as you were very young and they told you, oh, you have to go into this line of business or as you grow up, then it decided this is the way to go. So no, no one uh, forced me to be a pharmacist, but I had two examples in my family. Two examples like my parents, but also my grandparents, my grand-grandparents. And so I've noticed that I would like to have um, a science-related uh, activity, that is the scientific, pharmaceutical science, and that would be related with people. And in the beginning, I started working in a hospital I was hospital pharmacist for a while. Um, I, I, I supported to, 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 to open a new hospital. So I liked this challenge in the beginning. And I even thought that I would be working in a pharmacy, like a, a, ph a community pharmacy, the ones that we see um, in the street. But then something happened, like, some, like an opportunity appeared um, to join pharma industry. And I never, I never thought I would work in a farming industry because I, I always thought that I would be like supporting people, like elderly people. And um, but then when I joined, I found lots of, lots of um, purpose on the farming industry, mm -hmm. and uh, lots of um, people from different countries, like international uh, mindset. You know, is, is is that what you enjoy the most about your? your work currently not the most but there's a, a huge part like yeah. um the way we work i, I work in a multinational company right. I, I normally work in english i have people from different uh, backgrounds different professions different uh, countries mm -hmm. and um, that inspires me a lot and uh, and then the purpose of what i'm doing so i managed to to bring some of the knowledge i have and then to support, um, in this case, is oncology, because I choose to, to work on this area. So what exactly is that to enjoy the most right now? What is the challenge? Yeah. Specific in my, in my job? Yeah. So um, oncology... oncology, you're right, it's a very, um, very hard topic for most people. Obviously, it's super important, but... Um, you know, I think the question is, can you leave work and not think about it at home? And how do you do that decoupling between what you're doing, especially especially now, right? Because we're all home and you're home. Uh, well, technically, we, I'm, not, I'm not home. I'm here in the studio. But um, I think you understand what I'm, my point, right? Is this decoupling, not just the life work balance that everyone is talking about, but I guess the, the specific kind of job that you're doing in oncology. So the job I do, I don't see patients. Normally in the pharma industry, we cannot see patients. I mm -hmm. work with physicians, with the health authorities, uh, with pharma, hospital pharmacists. And my specific role is that I support the reimbursement of oncology drugs, meaning that we have a new oncology drug that will save lives or that will improve lives. And uh, what I do is that I have some conversations with health authority um, and, 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 and negotiate that if they are willing to reimburse, so every Portuguese uh, can, with that specific oncology disease can use the drug. And so I feel that for me is a purpose, like this drug is good and anyone that has the need should use it. So I, I'm supporting our health system to have the, 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 the to have the possibility to use it so that's that's what i do very, very well and how hard is it to convince the health the national health uh, system authorities about 
you know, accepting new drugs into their portfolio of reimbursable drugs? It's it's hard. It takes a t- it takes time. Um, mm-hmm. When you say time, it's like on average, like five. On, years on average, from... it, it it's like one one and a half years, two years mm-hmm. from the starting point until we have a final decision. From normally, who signs the decision is the Secretary of State, Health mm-hmm. Secretary of State. Yeah. Meetings Very famous are... guy now in Portugal. Exactly. For <laughs> obvious reasons. And and if and uh, and Infarmed, that is also famous. It's the mm-hmm. way the, the place I have lots of meetings. Um, but yes, but um, it's hard because it has different moments. Uh, we have to use the science first, the evidence, the clinical trials to show the, the value, and then we have to prove um, how much is it will, would be the Portuguese society willing to pay for the value of this new drug, mm-hmm. and um, and then in the end we have to sign a contract. So that's in a brief, that's how it works for, for new drugs to be reimbursed. Yeah, I, I know this is probably not the question that you, you were expecting, but I, don't, I just don't resist and feel free to, to skip it. But how do, you, how do you feel the Portuguese health system is organized? Is um, the right one or do you think there's lots of space to improve? prove on it in terms of the model right because the the portuguese model if, if i know right it's uh it's you know it's inspired in the the british system um there are other systems out there it's a big world so um do you think this is a good model for our society do you think there's maybe other models that we should be looking into yeah thank you for this question because i also very passionate about our health system <laughs> so okay nice. I, will, I won't skip it <laughs> Um, so I, I, I think, you know, according to our health organization, uh, World Health Organization, we are the best, um, one of the best health system in the world uh, compared with others. Yes, we are more and less the same basics, basics of the NHS, so the UK health system. I think we have space of improvement, um, but that's because I know. For me, it's not the system itself, because I think we, we are very fortunate to have a public system in place. So everyone that has a need can go to a public hospital. So, and we are very fortunate to have that. And if we compare to other countries, the system is very good. However, what I feel is that we have to, to make a kind of transformation or evolution on the system, because it the system, Initially, it was prepared for a specific type of diseases, like you could say like acute diseases, but now diseases are more chronic. And so what sometimes some people say is that the system has to transform to be prepared to the new diseases, you know, or right. the new diseases of um, the 21st century. Exactly. They are different from, you know, when the, the system was created, at least here in, in Portugal, 45 but, but but for me this is a very important topic and i would mm. love to discuss more about with you about it great i mean i'm definitely not the most qualified person to talk about it um but obviously you know um we're we're all you know health it's one of those things right um you can't try to escape health national system private system whatever it is but at the end of the day you're going to have to interact with a with a doctor at any any point of your life. So, um, getting into your leadership uh, style and you know, as a leader of one of the the largest youth, definitely one of the largest youth associations in this country, do you consider that we are creating good young leaders? And that this is a very controversial. Uh, aspect because you know you go to employers and or professors at the university and they complain that these new kids they don't used to be like or they're not like they used to be they don't have the same stamina or they're not as well prepared or whatever it is so do you think there's this lack of um um good young leaders or or just how how do you see this 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 new generation and you're dealing with Gen Z every single, I don't know, week at least, right? So um, how do you see this? Um, so 
that's very personal, this opinion that I'll give about this. And I think I, I understand when you say it's controversial. Um, we also have girl guides, like girls that join girl guiding that are from that generation. And I don't feel they will be less leaders. I think what we need to accept as is that every person is different and we have different generations that are um, conditioned because of the, the environment, the context, everything, you know? Right. And so what we think, what I think we can, we should um, leverage is like people to be themselves or young, young people to be themselves. And for me, being a leader is like knowing you very well and have space to be yourself and to, 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 to go and to live your dreams or, or your ambitions, you know, and, and then bring the others with you. But for that, you need to be, feel comfortable about yourself. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and what I feel is like, there are some parts of our society that want for the, these young, young people to be not themselves, but the way they want themselves to be, you know, mm. <laughs> like expectations and, and so on. But again, this is a very personal opinion. Okay. And the movement, um, how, how has the movement grown over time um, since you have been uh, president, which has been since when? Uh, president since 2019, so 2019. Right. Yeah. So from the last two years, how... Uh, what 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 are the current challenges? And I I guess you know, because of the circumstances of the pandemic, you also have the transition to digital meetings at a certain uh, point and so on. But I guess there's a, a much bigger picture for you in terms of what is your vision for the association here in Portugal. So I I I would like to to understand what is your vision for the, the association. Yeah. So like every association, young association, so there was a challenge during mm -hmm. COVID. So I never, I never knew that I would be uh, leading, not alone, the, we would be leading the association during a pandemic. Right. Although so, you would probably be one of the most qualified person to do that, right? Because of your pharma experience and, and so on. Yeah. Um, so in, in, the, in the association, our association, we have like the president mm -hmm. and we have the national commissioner. So again, right. I'm not alone mm -hmm. <laughs> and we, we, we work side by side. I'm a pharmacist. And everyone, and she, is, and everyone is a woman. Yes, everyone so is a woman. It's a 100% women. women structure. Exactly. From 4,000 women, 4,000 women and girls. Okay, yes. that's a very, very... Um, <laughs> You know, um, yeah, that's actually the first time I'm thinking about it in those terms um, right now, right? Uh, which is an unorthodox in a way. Um, obviously, it's it's coming where, where where it's coming from. So, what are the, the specific challenges of leading uh, a all women dash girls organization? Uh, not not specific challenges of for our, uh, of us being all all girls. So mm -hmm. that's not, uh, I think, I think the challenge are an, an organization for young people, you know? And so during this time and, and uh, going again to the, to the vision, what we want is like our uh, movement, our association is, it's, it's, it's a, a senior association. It's like 90 years old. Mm -hmm. And since the beginning, we were founded by uh, Robert Baden-Powell, Lord mm -hmm. Baden-Powell. And, and so the, the same five. founder of the, the scout movement founded the, the girls yeah. guide movement uh, uh, ask for some help to his wife his wife Olaf mm -hmm. Baden Powell and, and what, what um, was what was the reason behind it is was it because people started asking um why don't you do this for women and and then he decided okay maybe we should do this for women what what was or or girls what yeah. was the what was the the rationale behind the the creation those days, scouts were only for um, for boys, mm -hmm. and then some girls um, uh, discovered so wanted to also be scouts because they right. didn't didn't have uh, another uh, way to be or to to learn and to grow. So they they started the girl guiding movement, 
And so there are scouts for boys and girl guides for girls. And we have countries that, for instance, UK, girl guides are for girls and scouts are only for boys. Mm, US, okay. more and less. Um, but yes, that's, that's the reason why it's appearing the girl guides. But then Girl Guides were, was founded by Robert Baden Powell and um, the principles that were um, that were in his head like 100 years ago are still up to date and mm. for me is incredible like the outdoors the the working with a with a group of people the commitment um, the progress like individual progress and it's very interesting um, and that, that to go to another reflection is that some people say that Robert Baden Power, Powell was inspired with Monsori, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Monsori. Now it's very common to speak about Monsori. Absolutely. And we, are, we, are, we don't know that, that if it's true or not, but some people say that it might have like some inspiration or some, some I don't know. I mean, it, it makes sense because they yes. were almost contemporary to each other. Exactly. I guess Montessori, it's more like 19th century, but uh, Robert uh, Baden-Powell could have been, at least theoretically, uh, that's possible. Hmm. So, so what is yeah. interesting is that imagine now, 100 years later, in Portuguese, 90 years later, um, we have like um, girls, and we promote a safe space for girls That's where they can be. Super, super curious, whatever, right? Because uh, we the, the Portuguese Association was created, um, you know, almost at the same time of the, I guess, the UK Association uh, in, in, you know, right? Only 10 years after or something like that? More than 10 years, yeah. Because I'm saying 100 years more and less, but we mm -hmm. are a little bit more than 100 years. We were inspired by the UK Girl Guides. Right. So the UK Girl Guides were the first ones being here. And then um, the, the Portuguese Girl Guides uh, appeared. Do you know who brought the movement to Portugal? Um, there were some companies in Carcavelos, mm -hmm. here and here, okay. uh, in Madeira, in Porto. That mm -hmm. was the first from, from the UK. And then there was a traveling from Olav Baden-Powell. That was mm. the, the the wife of Lord Baden Powell, mm -hmm. and they were we, we saw a letter like one month ago uh, where 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 this was written while we were um, we were looking to the archive because of the celebration of the 19 mm -hmm. years, and it was a letter from Olaf Baden Powell to a chief in Madeira, mm -hmm. because Madeira was very important for our association. Right. And that was when it was created here in Portugal exactly. for the first time. Yeah. Okay. Thank, time. thank you, Madara, for helping yes. on the creation. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, when it comes to non-formal education and, and um, what do you think it's the impact it has on young people today? And, and I, I guess my second question is, of course, girl guides do that. Um, but the scouts also do that. So how do you pitch um, the guides against the scouts? And I guess this is a question lots of people should have, but if you, you know, if you are a little girl and you're trying to decide whether you go to the scouts or you go to the guides, what's, what's the different value proposition? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Imagine you are a girl, you have specific needs, specific behaviors, uh, your biology is, is very specific. And so in girl guiding, you create a safe environment. It's not a protected environment because some, some people sometimes think, oh, you, you are just girls. No, it's a safe environment where you remove all the gender things related that can, con can sometimes in a negative way contribute to be less out myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then what we do is like we promote um, for girls and that's the mission we have for them to be their best best version mm -hmm. and to empower them to be citizens of the world and so in girl guiding uh, we have lots of experience uh, we are organized in in in, in small groups uh, because like again the, the, the teamwork or the 
the, the, the way we deal, the way we, we work on teams is very important for us. Um, and we use a lot the outdoors. So imagine um, every week we have meetings, the small girls, the girls, girl guys have meetings, but then we have camps um, on, on summer or on Easter or on winter. So during the holidays. And so, and, and yeah. when, when you're trying to explain what non-formal education is to parents, how, how do you explain that? And, what, yeah. and I guess more important than that is what is the actual importance of non-formal education? Yeah. And for kids, maybe it comes naturally, but for parents might not be so obvious, right? Because you want your kid to know math, you want your kid to know Portuguese or to write or whatever it is, but what is non-formal education and why should you care? That's a good point because so formal education is the education you have at school. Yeah. So it's very so it's 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 mandatory. Every kid has to go to school. Yeah. And as you know, schools today are very um focused on knowledge and very on curriculum, and the mm -hmm. curriculums are huge. Yeah. And then you have non-formal education, um, and you have associations like the Girl Guide Association where you can promote and develop the girl in many areas. You empower to be the best version. And it's not only about knowledge, it's also about soft skills. It's also about relationship. It's also about physical. So we use different areas in, in every activity we do with the girls. Mm -hmm. we, we, are, we are working on different areas like spirituality, mm -hmm. physical, emotional, um, um, Uh, knowledge like uh, intellectual. why do you stop at 40 right that's <laughs> when people start needing that the most. because you, we are a youth movement kidding. i know and, and, I know. and, and, and yeah. no but but that's a good question because one of the tools we have because normally we in in our we have a method we call it the girl guiding the guiding method we have different tools we use um And one is that um, the relationship between the young and the, the, the older one. And mm -hmm. the relationship, we are not parents. We are no, like younger sisters. It's like a, men sisters. a mentorship relationship. Yeah. We are younger sisters. Uh, so, sorry, we are older sisters, you know? And, so. and how do you see, so how do you see, obviously you have, you have seen this through your own eyes for many, many girls. What is the real impact? What do you see? Give me, you know, give me the delta, right? Between... A girl coming in at six or seven, joining the girl guides and leaving at, I don't know, maybe 13, 14, 15, 16, 18, whatever, but you know, maybe not much older than that. What is the takeaway? What is the transformation that you think that is possible belonging to this movement? And we had a very, very interesting conversation, um, I guess, two years ago with uh, an Israeli author of, of a book called Hutzpah about non-formal education in Israel and obviously is a very very complex and different uh, setting and environment because as you know uh, in Israel they have you know a, a, arguably most of the education in, in Israel is non-formal you go to the army everyone goes to the army and it's not just the army you go to the para, para, paramedic, para, paramedics and you go to other uh, branches as well So uh, non, you know, non-formal education is, is very big, and and um, and but how how do you how do you see this delta of the the person the the young youngster that comes in and leaves the organization? What is the transformation that you're trying to to get this person into? Um, so I, I'm always getting emotional because I'm pregnant and and uh, and I feel like. You know, a young woman that goes to girl guiding, that joins girl guiding, um, he has this, she has the space to experiment lots of things. And I'm, 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 I'm now imagining what I, what, what I experiment when I was, was younger. If I was not in girl guiding, I would never like camp, make fire. Um, I would never um, be challenged because that's one thing that the girl guides normally uh, do is like, You know yourself better because you are exposed to many, many different experiences. And then you normally 
are okay when you are challenged. You accept the challenge, you know, and you take risks. You you so you, you, do you learn how to take risks and you learn to accept risk in your life. Yeah, because That's very interesting. We we not Baden Powell uh, um, also says that you remove the I am letters from the the word impossible. So everything is possible when you are a girl guide, because you so you are really challenged and. And you imagine and you can do it. So right. that's actually one of the things the that Inbal Ariely from Hutzpah, the other, uh, she said, it's like uh, you you become much more confident in yourself as well, right? Yeah. Um, and, so and there is there's, there's let, more. Let, yeah, let me just add something that I think is very important. And then comes from the quote in the beginning, like being the change. A girl guide is very aware of what's happening around. Mm-hmm. Because we are always asking, we are always trying to see what what can I support, right. who can I support, and so the transformation for me is also being we call it sempre alerta in Portuguese. So it's like being prepared or always be right. available. Always being prepared. Yes, always being prepared, and it, it, this is very it can it can start at home like you are you are prepared to support your family. Right. Or in your work, your your um, uh, the, the people you work with, your friends, or even your community, or you know. So that's one one um, one uh, thing that is very common on a girl guide. So the challenge well, part and the being the being prepared, or and being then to care with others about others. Right, caring about others. One of, one of the things that uh, we're very very much fond here at productize is, is this link with steam science tech engineering arts maths are, are you also um, trying to bring steam to the activities you do you do with the girls uh, yes not in a formal way mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't say it's steam but yes uh, we have um So each girl has his, her individual pro progression. You can say like is progressão in Portuguese. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was trying to translate, but imagine you join the movement, you join the association and you, depending on what your age is, you have like a, um, a, pro a, a educational program where you, you have to, to experiment, you have to do things, you have to learn things. And it's very holistic. It's like it can be math related, it can be science, it can be um, home related, it can be so it's very holistic. And even for the, 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 the those that are almost entering the, the university, so uh, are in the college, right? And um, they are um, normally uh, inspired to, to do what we call the specialization. You can say it's like specialities. It's like mm -hmm. um, imagine. I have. I think I, I like something, but I'm not sure. Let's try it. So, for instance, myself, when I was like 14 or 15 years old, I did um, uh, like a specialization in astronomy because why not? But I where, think where, I like where, it. Where at the girl guides or outside? at the girl guides? Oh, it's one okay. one of the imagine like. For one specific period, you will be the, the person or the girl guide that will know more about that specific subject. Right. And so, okay. yeah. You, you, so you have like different tracks that allow them to explore topics. And, and, yeah, the, and they choose. Every, each one choose what they will do. Mm -hmm. According to the, their, their preferences. So we have a question here from our audience, great audience. Hi, uh, from, from Sara, actually. So she's asking, so thank you for representing our association. So she's a, she's a girl guide. Um, so what do you think employers, employers should know soft and hard skills about a girl guide when they see it on a CV? Yeah. So I think what they should know is that um, we are very well prepared to work with teams. And for me, I think that is very powerful when we are in a work environment, uh, that you have uh, really good skills of time management and decision. 
and problem solving. And another thing that I was mentioning before is about uh, accepting uh, challenges, like taking risks. Um, and, and not everyone is prepared for that. It, like the people, um, so young, young people sometimes are the opposite. Right. Um, and Just uh, so, for a reference, yeah. so taking risks uh, is one, and um, teamwork. Teamwork, and and also the the problem solving and uh, and uh, the time management. I would say. Mm -hmm. So being le leadership, a shared journey that empowers us to work together and bring positive change to our lives, the lives of others, and our wider society. And I'm, I'm quoting from the WAGS guide which is the, the, the Girl Guides Guide. Um, what advice would you give to use this motto in our days, in our, you know, every single day? So this, this is a quote from the World Association of Girl Guides and Girl Scouts. I didn't mention that our association is part of, of, of this movement, international. So we are 10 million around the world. Um, and yeah, so this is a, a, a way of perceiving leadership. So what we believe is that everyone can be is a leader. So it's not related with status, with position, with everyone can be a leader. Um, and being a leader is like knowing uh, them himself or herself and, um, and doing a, a positive impact on herself, on the others, on the world. And so, so what we do in girl guiding is that we, we create a safe environment for girls, for them to be themselves and to be leaders in every day, like at school, in work, at home. And being leader is making a, a, a positive impact on, on, on the world. So being the change we want to see in the world in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. You know, psychological safety is such a such an important topic nowadays in in the workplace. Um, what kind of you know has has you know has a head now in your um, uh, profession? What kind of practice or tactics do you use with your teams to create the psychological safe environment? And even now, right? Because online. I don't know if it, it it's improving to make psychological safety better. I would say so. I would say so because the moment you are in your space, um, arguably you're you're you feel safer. But at the same time, um, you know, it, it gets mixed because suddenly people are, you know, might bully you through Slack or through through email or whatever it is, right? So it's very easy to, you know, it's very easy to mm, destroy, uh, <laughs> destroy, um, uh, you know, or, or not to be in a safe, um, psychologically safe work environment. So it's a very delicate flower, right? So how do you, what kind of tactics do you use to create this safe environment? So I think listening- In the workplace. In the workplace, I right. think listening—it's very important. Active listening, mm -hmm. no, no judgment, all, 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 only listening. Because normally we want to address something that the person is 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 saying, but no, listening is very important. With my team in my workplace, what I normally do is like we have regular meetings. Now we are all yeah, all of us home office, and we in every meeting we do a, a moment of check-in meaning that it's just about getting rid of things, you know, <laughs> emptying the glass sometimes, or things that are bothering. It can be professional or personal. It's, it's, so it's, so it's, it's, it's a way for them to, okay. Do, do, you have, do you have like a specific meeting in a week to do that or? No, it's, it's the, our team meeting that is every two weeks. Oh, every two weeks when you have like a team meeting, you do yeah. that. It's the, the first team. part is just to to get rid, you know, <laughs> it's like a moment where you just uh, say what you have to say. Yeah, but but to and... get to that, right, you have to have a very high level of confidence, right? I mean, 
yes. not not every single team is ready to boil it no. down to your colleague and say, oh, you know, I had this personal issue, right? People tend to be, I guess, personal or private about those. Um, so getting there is also a challenge. Yes. Getting to that level. But it's possible. It is. But it takes it takes time to to get there. But when you get there, it's amazing, I think. The way you uh, how, interact with How do you get people. there? How I get there. Yeah, how, how do you how do you think teams can get there? Is and what are the small baby steps that they should be doing to get to that level of confidence and psychological safety? So, I don't know the receipt. Mm -hmm. Um I, I this is very personal. I think You have to create um, a honest space, you know, yeah, where you can, I think the listening part and the no judgment is very important because when you feel judged, you don't say what you are feeling. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so you, you have to be careful when you listen to someone. And I'm not talking about like the, the, the leader listening, like everyone listening, you know, like your peer or, or your boss. So the way you, you, Then I think um, uh, you okay. Okay, you are working, but a person is a person. It's not work only work. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to see a person like a person, <laughs> like a human being. You know, um, and and sometimes you 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 go straight to the work related topics, and sometimes he needs to speak about something else, and you need to respect it. And for me, that is creating a safe environment. Like mm -hmm. you respect that person that is it's, it's with you, that human being. You know, this 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 may seem some cliche, but I'm 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 experimenting this in my journey, and um, and when people do this with me, I feel much much better. Mm -hmm. And in, do you feel, at least from your own experience, that remote is eroding um, this? psychological safe environment or if you or you can also continue to have that in, in a remote um, you know in a, in a remote working environment like I, th I guess I think you can it. also you have can. it yeah mm. you have to promote it but you can also have it be more more active about promoting it mm -hmm. all right I, th I think we're kind of on a segue to My next question, which is, what kind of books uh, would you recommend your friends to read on, you know, leadership, psychological safety, um, you know, being upfront, like like you are? Any any specific suggestions? Um, yes, I, I like to read a lot. I normally read some a bit before going to bed because it's like a washout from the day. And so I, I always have something to read. And um, like for two years now, I've been uh, following Brené Brown from United US. Mm -hmm. um, he's, she's a researcher from about topics about leadership and so on. So she has a, a book that is called Daring Greatly. Um, that is about imperfection and how you deal with yourself. And I, I really did that was really transforming for me reading that book. So I would recommend Daring Greatly from Brené why, Brown. Why, why, why was it transform, uh, transformational to you? It, 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 it spoke about when I not spoke, I read a lot about the vulnerability, about um, removing the armor. Like people, when, when people connect with each other, normally they are not so honest about themselves. And uh, when I read it, and that is based on research, so that's my scientific part I have. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, the, 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 so the book is based on research she did. And mm -hmm. um, she said something like, it's more powerful when you are yourself being a leader than if you want to be something differently. And being yourself is like being vulnerable. Like if you are okay, you are okay. If you have some problem at home, you say you have some problem at home. You don't need to be perfect. So, and that was really transforming and gave me some courage on, 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 on some topics of my life. Um, and that's the Daring Greatly. And there is another book from, from the founder of Girl, Girl Guides that is the Urash do Fundador. Mm -hmm. 
that is like a, 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 a book uh, with lots of quotes from Robert Baden-Powell, Lord Baden-Powell. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really inspiring. <laughs> Um, so, because that's the, the way he perceived the world and the way he, he started the, this big movement. And yeah, that's not a, a, a book to read every day. It's like sometimes when I need to be inspired, I go to that book and I read some quotes from, from him. Very well. Well, thank you, Barbara. It was really, really great having you with us. Um, so good luck on your last stage of pregnancy and hopefully a force well he will not be joining the girl guides but who knows the scouts or any other movement and yes thank you also for joining us at productized podcast if you enjoyed your stay give us your review on apple podcast and share this episode with friends and colleagues we also have show notes and more episodes at productized.medium.com can also join our community and we will be sharing the links in the chat. This podcast was hosted by me, André Marquet, produced by Teresa Sigismundo, with research by Katarina Scherzik and sound editing by Daniel Alves. Thank you so much and have a nice day. Bye.